do it now. Get to the chopper. Wiped today. Dude wipes. Dude wipes. Anthony Alfredo car. Dude wipes. Right now, the first car one lap down is Brad and Joe. I am stupid. I am stupid. Oh, come on. You know what? Ah. I've raced this hard for last in my life. And with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in the world is that? Where is this coming from? What is happening here? Turn that off. Turn that off. What just happened? That ruined everything that I was trying to do. I don't know why. I guess because there's a check on it. It wanted to play that, play that next. I was trying to surprise you with that when we got to Lights Out. What in the That's world? That's the Supermax song. You never heard of it? I have not heard of that. You have to listen to the whole thing at some point. Well, now, it's, now it surprised this me. This is our show. dumbfounded me this on the intro to the show. <laughs> Everyone else Apologies. listening feels the same exact way. You just lost um, 25 streams. <laughs> Uh, unsubscribe and welcome, unfollow, please. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Uh, I guess that's what we're trying to do here. Lap 29 with Brad and Joe of the One Lap Down podcast. Uh, I'm Joe Hutzler. He's Brad Dunn. Yep. And, uh, man, I had so many different ways I was going to approach the beginning of this show. Um, but now I'm kind of flustered. Um, let's talk about your weekend, um, your amazing weekend, uh, you know, Joe and I had both had amazing weekends. Yes. In different in different capacities. Yes. I put well. I mean, I put mine in high side because it is racing related, but yours is yeah. not. So yeah. I think we should start the show with your big news. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. I remember the we had we had an episode where we had won a championship. We're celebrating that, but this mm-hmm. is I mean, this is this is exciting. I got engaged on Friday night. Yes, you did. We knew it was coming. Almost alluded to it on the show, but Steph listens to the show, so what we <laughs> would say something. No, no, no. We had had a wonderful night on. Uh, Friday night, got engaged. Um, everything worked out. We, we, you know, we, had, we had talked about it a lot, but it still was able to surprise her. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had uh, you were there when it happened. We're, we're meeting a couple of friends, Jason, who's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. and his wife, and then one of our friends, Fran, were hanging out and uh, pretending to be taking pictures at one of our favorite breweries. And that's where I proposed. And a bunch more people met us. And great night, great weekend, and, and still riding that high. So very, for sure. Yeah, very, very happy about that. Very excited. And, uh, yeah, really, uh, really looking forward to uh, now. I have now, now Steph and I are fiancés and engaged, yeah. and really looking forward Whew. to planning a wedding and uh, and having that be a big part of our lives. You're adulting very well, sir. Thank uh, you. Congratulations to both of you. I'm fortunate enough to hang out with you guys a lot, and uh, it's a no-brainer. This was a good choice. Thank you, man. So, Thank you. <laughs> so I'm glad I got to be there. I'm glad I get to uh, enjoy what comes next with you all as well. Um, but what's coming next with us is talking about the Styrian Grand Prix F1. Back to business, was, Joe that's says. Right. We were, we were Enough in the, with the personal the mushy, Austrian, gushy stuff. The Austrian Back to business. This weekend. Let's talk about it. And it's lights out and away we go. Victoire de Pierre And this is when the song was supposed to play. Gotcha. So, sorry about that. Gotcha. Uh, so, as we've already alluded to, Max Verstappen, Super Max, wins again. Uh, third time in four races. Red Bull has won four straight races as a team. This is his third win in four seasons at Austria in the Red Bull ring. Uh, a really dominant performance 
Uh, even as much time as he wanted to do a little burnout that he got in trouble for uh, at the end of the race, which I still mm -hmm. think is really dumb. But it was a bit naughty. The uh, British people didn't like it. Apparently, well, Michael Massey is Australian, but nevertheless, the FIA, no, the, the FIA didn't the like F it. F1 people there, man. They're like, oh, how dare he? I'll let him, let him celebrate, man. I mean, I thought it was kind of cocky in the moment. Just I did I too. Hadn't seen anything I did like too. It. I was I'd like, oh, dang. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, but, um, you, but when you win by 35 seconds on a Mercedes that drove a clean race, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Exactly. Uh, so more cheeky stuff happening between Red Bull and Mercedes and that rivalry uh, continuing to, to move on. But what were your thoughts overall with the race? You know, it's really interesting that I didn't even think about this is if that happened a year ago with Lewis, it's boring. But it didn't happen with Lewis winning, so people were okay with how, how it worked out. And you look at, like, stats, and this is the one that stood out to me, there were less overtakes in this race than the French Grand Prix, which is always supposed to be the boring race, right? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't see a lot of overtakes. It was pretty much, you know, Red Bull from the jump with Max, and that was that. Was that. But there's just a – I guess because people were just so used to the Mercedes thing, if someone else dominates, it's still okay in the eye of the fan? For now. I right, thought about for now. that. Yeah. I thought about that. Whereas if this starts to trend and the Mercedes just have really moved on to next year and it just starts to be this Red Bull lockout every time, then, yeah, we're reverting back to that. And mm -hmm. I don't think we – even two weeks ago – and especially not at the start of the year, did we ever think we were going to be in this position? No. That we were going to be sitting here being like, oh, I hope Max doesn't win too much. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, it's crazy. Right. Yeah, we do because you're a big Max fan and, you know, I like seeing that. But, um, yeah, it, I mean, really interesting. Um, I do want to hit the top 10 yes, and kind of look at some, some big thoughts to it. So, uh, in 10th place in the Alphatari was Yuki Sonoda. Uh, in ninth place in the Alpine, Fernando Alonso. Another good outing for him in a car that really, I don't think it was good again this mm -hmm. weekend, but you know, he drove really well and took advantage of some people that didn't finish the race. Um, then moving into 8th place, Lance Stroll. And Aston Martin comes in and scores some points. Uh, interesting to see him have a much better race than uh, Seb Vettel, where yeah. I thought Seb had been really charging. Seb finished 12th out of the points. Uh, back in the seventh was Charles Leclerc, the driver of the day. For good reason. For good reason. Um, having some trouble there. Uh, do you think he hit Pierre, or do you think that uh, Pierre Crow got in front of him and cut him off? In the, in the moment, what I saw was, was pretty much bang, bang. I didn't really see one way or the other. People, yeah. Twitter pundits are giving more flack to Charles than Pierre, yeah. but I think it's a pretty even split. I, mean, I didn't see anything so, that was... so close and so yeah. fast. So, you know, an incident it's a product on, of that turn. Yeah, yep. incident on lap one, which eventually was what put Pierre out of the race. Mm -hmm. Pierre at the down finish. Back into our top ten. Um, sixth place, Carlos Sainz, driving the Ferrari really well, scoring points. Um, prevented. He had to unlap himself to get close to Lando, but never could. Mm -hmm. uh, and thinks that he would have had a good battle with the McLaren. I don't think so. I think Lando was running a great race and finished there in fifth place. Uh, fourth place was the Red Bull of Checo Perez. Really gaining on Valtteri Bottas at the end of the race, but just didn't have enough enough track to catch him in the mm -hmm. last few laps. So Valtteri then comes in in third. Lewis Hamilton uh, in second place, 35 seconds behind your winner, who was Max Verstappen. Interestingly enough, Joe, do you know how many cars finished on the lead lap? On the lead lap? Five. Only two teams finished on the lead lap. Oh, four. And only four cars. Wow. It oh, was yeah, because you just talked about signs. Yep. Yeah, yep. so, yep. okay. But everybody was still plus one lap behind Max Verstappen. Right. That's what is interesting. Like, that's what's crazy to me is that, you know, and maybe we need to take honor of that, that this is the lap, this is the uh, uh, 
<laughs> this is the race that six out of the ten drivers are with us on this podcast and one <laughs> lap down. <laughs> yeah, that's six true. Six out of your top ten scores yeah. are all one lap down. So uh, I hear you guys. I hear you. But that was nuts because, you know, it's it's a smaller ring but not that small. You wouldn't think, but, I mean, the pace that the Red Bull has is pretty incredible. And if, if, per, if Sergio doesn't have a bad pit stop, he finishes third. It's still a Red Bull-dominated type of race yeah. uh, for sure. Then you can make the argument about – Baltas, though, he would have stayed up in third in qualifying if he hadn't had the issue in pit lane during, uh, well, I guess that was qualifying too, right? I don't know how much too, of a, right? not his fault issue that I was. Don't, yeah, I didn't understand I mean, why they gave him such a harsh penalty. I mean... No, I think it was his fault. I mean, you can't. I think it was sloppy him coming out. Yeah, of there. but I mean, ah, I guess you're putting other people in danger. It's not like he did it on purpose, but no, no. But it's but it's, a three great you three gotta be diligent. Like, I mean, yeah, this, that could have been bad. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. You're right. Could have yeah. been really bad. When I saw it come up on my phone, I thought that seems kind of harsh. But then again, when you think about the people that are in there, it, yeah, yeah, they, they, you know, unprotected, unprotected. Then, if, and if he slides. I mean, especially if he goes into the pit wall and up into the like the, yeah. the people that are sitting there at their, yeah. their screens, like with that, have yeah, don't no hit the team principles. Probably wouldn't hurt Toto though. He's strong. Yeah, totally. He just flexed him away. Hurt the car. Uh, I wrote some, a couple other things down. Really tough luck for George. Um, was running in the points when he had problems. Usually, he's not even in the points when he has problems. But yeah. um, really, really hard luck for him. And then Lando, they're calling him 007 now. No DNFs. No crashes and seven top fives. Ain't going to talk about it. So Not I'm to jinx anything here. <clears throat> Knocking on wood. <laughs> hey, man, at the same time, I'm with you in terms of, like, I don't want to jinx. I have really bad luck with sports in my life. I don't want to jinx this Mac stuff. But at the same time, eat it up while you can. Yeah. So yeah. No, um, I understand where you're coming from. But if I was a Lando fan, I'd feel really good. Lando made a comment, too, that he's talking about, you know, kind of easing up after hearing about the engine problems that Daniel Ricciardo mm-hmm. had, which – you know, I haven't heard a lot about those. I was really disappointed for Ricardo to be way back there, but you know, maybe that's a part of it. Hopefully, that's the case. And well, they, I, I read more about that today uh, with with Danny because he made a, a huge jump on the first lap. Mm-hmm. Like got up into I think it was ninth or something. It was up. He was up in the points mm-hmm. after starting 14th, mm-hmm. but he came out of turn one and lost some power, and they had to flip switches, and said that um, he didn't get power back until turn seven and eight. It's like full power. So all the cars he just passed all went back around him. And at that point, uh, on a track like that, you're not going to have you're gonna, you're in the train at that point, right? You're in the yeah. DRS train. Yep. There's no way you're going to be able to yeah. to pass at that point. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, so that that's very disappointing for for Danny Rick. But hey, man, regardless of that, you got to qualify better. Period. You just, yep. I mean, what Lando's doing versus what you're doing. Yep. And all the people talking about how hard that Red Bull car is to drive. It didn't take Checo too long to figure it out. Nope. What's taking Danny Rick so long to go from a Renault to a McLaren? Yeah. It's, yep. it's really pressure, disappointing. The pressure is on him. Right? Hugely. I, I would say, yeah. I would say that, you know, he might be feeling the pressure more than any other driver in the field right now. Yeah. I think Valtteri's had a couple of really solid races. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that. You know, he's going to kind of, he's in that groove. Sergio's definitely, you know, he's up there. Checo Perez, right, up there figuring right. out that car. Um, you know, the Ferrari drivers are both, you know, pretty consistent. I think they had a bad car when we were in France, right? Yeah, we, for sure. You know, something was off there. Definitely amended that this weekend. Um, you know, everybody else, even Yuki Tsunoda getting back in the points this weekend. 
Uh, so pressure is on, and look for big things from him going to the Austrian Grand Prix. Stay in the same place, the Red Bull Ring this week. Uh, one year since the first race of 2020, which was a uh, Bottas, Leclerc, and Norris finish, yeah. Uh, yeah. which that was, was our was debut, like our first glimpse first into F1. Watching, and, yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> it was I'm wild. A big Lando fan was I loved that energy and fastest lap on the last lap mm-hmm. of a race to try to close a five-second gap to Lewis, who had a five-second penalty yeah. for wrecking Alex Albon. And I was so just heartbroken for Albon. <laughs> little did I know. Little, you know, yeah. Little you know, did how you far know. we've come. Joe. <laughs> uh, just in case you're wondering, the only changes this weekend will be tire pressures. Um, they will go to a softer tire this weekend. So everything else is pretty much the same uh, overall. Could have some weather always in the hills of uh, the Styrian hills. There's a chance for that. So should be fun to watch this weekend. Uh, practice, of course, starts on Friday, and then we've got the race on Sunday. All right. Speaking of Sundays, typically that's when NASCAR is racing. Well, actually, this weekend, the Cup boys and girls were on Saturday and Sunday. Let's talk about the Pocono doubleheader. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing today, boys. Saturday was wild, at least definitely the last lap, in terms of how that went down for the most dominant driver in the sport right now. Last turn, there's only three turns of Pocono. We yep. talked about that last week. What turn four? Yeah, what turn four? Uh, turn three, here comes Kyle Larson to win his fourth straight points race, his fifth win overall in a row, and bang, tire blows out, smashes into the wall. Kind of scary to watch him hold himself, like let the hands off the wheel and cross his arms yeah. across his chest, like to take that impact. It yeah. just. I don't know. It just it kind of got me anxious to to see that. But uh, so his at teammate. Least, at least you saw that after you were in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Alex Bowman wins his third race of the season. Second time he's just kind of been there at the right moment and took advantage uh, of the opportunity. So them re-signing him for a longer term deal starting to look pretty smart yeah. at this point uh, for he's the forty eight car. Really good. So yeah. uh, I thought that was great. Uh, let's talk about the top ten from the first race of the weekend, the Pocono Organics CBD 325. Uh, We talked about the top two drivers. Here's top 10. 10th place, Brad Kozlowski, number nine. Put him in. in. Kyle Larson, uh, still able to finish in the top 10 after uh, the blowout. Kevin Harvick, another top 10 finish in eighth. Joey Logano in seventh. Kurt Busch in sixth place. Ryan Blaney, the highest finishing forward in fifth. Then it was Denny Hamlin in fourth. William Byron in third, Kyle Busch in second, and then Alex Bowman in first. And what's really interesting to me is that the top 20 got inverted from Saturday to Sunday, mm-hmm. and the top 10 results from Sunday still look very similar to that. So the inversion really didn't make that much of a difference, which we'll talk more about in a couple of weeks with F1 because they're doing something similar right. in Silverstone. Right. Uh, so those were the results from day one. Let's just go through day two real quick, and then we can recap the whole weekend. Uh, Joey Logano, 10th on Sunday. Tyler Reddick in 9th on Sunday. This is the second race of the weekend, of course. Ryan Priest, another top 10 finish. Good race for him in 8th. Alex Bowman finishes 7th on day 2. Ryan Blaney with a 6th place finish was about a 10th away from Bubba Wallace and denying him his first top uh, top 5 finish with 23-11 racing. But Bubba held on, so big day for DraftKings and all those folks. Kevin Harvick in fourth, Brad Keselowski in third, Kyle Larson in second, 
and then Kyle Busch, uh, the you beneficiary with, with a with a fully functional car. Uh, yes or no? No. <laughs> uh, so as I put it down here, fuel mileage burns Byron and Hamlin. Kyle Busch survives transmission issue for the win. So By- William Byron and Denny Hamlin were in first and second. They ran out of fuel with a lap to go. Kyle Busch, uh, when he had to come in and try to fix this transmission issue, came in a late after uh, lap later than everybody else. So he actually had an extra lap of fuel, which of course helped him stay out there and, and, and get the win. I but was trying to, to gather when we were watching. Did he take? Did he get a lap down, or did he get a? Like no, a, he was able to stay out thanks thanks to the track being and they were under caution. That was under stage, like the stage it. was yep. over. Yep. So everyone's doing like 55, 65 miles an hour around this you know two mile track. There's li- there's extra time, and of course those guys know what they're doing. They yeah. hop in there, they they know exactly what they're trying to get to. But a ama- just so many things had to come into play. You're in fourth gear, so your crew has to push you. You're not going to be in low gear enough to get started, and then you can't have any more cautions. So for 37 laps or whatever it was, no cautions, no issues, just driving in fourth gear the whole way. Uh, had to be pushed to victory lane because you can't. You can't just start in fourth gear and go anywhere. So that was for nuts. a guy that has a lot of bad luck in the last two years, that was the luckiest he could possibly be and gets and his second win of the year. Too. He, oh, he yeah. Said it. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have to. You have to. So yeah. happy weekend for for Kyle Busch uh, as an owner as well. Uh, he fin- His uh, John Hunter Nemechek won the truck race. He finished second. Uh, on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday. And then, of course, the big other big news, Bubba earning that first top five finish. Big news for that team, uh, at least to feel like they can we, actually do it. We talked about it last week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We were talking about he needed something to come through for him. Like yeah. The whole team does. Like, are we? Results. is this a good thing for us? Are we doing the right thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. this this helps with that uh, for sure. And it wasn't a total luck thing. I mean, he passed cars it, to get up in the top ten. It, remind me where, what place he finished? Fifth. Remind me what car number he drives? 23. Wow, dude. Two plus three. Oh, go. Come on. Come on, man. Get out. (laughs) Go away. What what deep hole of the internet are you reading this crap on? The math Uh, one that you don't get on. Uh, well, and we can't we can't uh, stop talking about NASCAR without talking about the huge news that happened on Wednesday when we're recording this podcast. Team Trackhouse in their first year as a NASCAR program. Yep. Justin Marks, Ty Norris leading the way. Pitbull is a co-owner. Daniel Suarez, the driver of the number 99 car, they have bought Chip Ganassi's entire NASCAR operation. It, it paid to wait till Wednesday to record. Yes, it did. It, it did. did. It was huge news. It came out of nowhere, really, um, and. I just think it's amazing to think about what they've been able to do so fast. And Chip Ganassi said it. We're, we weren't for sale, but what Justin brought to me was just too good for me to let go. And so next year, as anticipated, there'll be two, and, and they already stated this, they're going to have two cars okay. for, for Trackhouse. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Kurt Busch okay. to come in there and, and help establish this, this up-and-coming team. Um, and they said it when they became in a member of the NASCAR. I got bought a charter. Like we're going to come in and we're going to shake things up, and we're going to we're going to try to be establish ourselves right away. We're not going to be a backmarker all the time. They want to be up front. They want to be racing for wins, uh, and this is one way to do that for sure. To acquire all the Na- all the Canassi stuff. I mean, it's a it. They haven't had a lot of success recently, but it's still a team that's been around for a long time. A great legacy. Uh, overall, and yeah. so I think that's huge. I think that's great for the sport to know that a team like that, that's so up and coming and w- and with it and hip with the world right now, 
is going to be around for you know the foreseeable future. Uh, so big big news. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I think it's a good thing for the sport. I mean, I think you know, one of the things too that we were talking about with Michael Jordan getting in and Denny Hamlin, you know, creating that the twenty three team, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of that. Like the, there is a there's a barrier to entry to NASCAR. It's not as high as I thought it was, and I think maybe more people will start seeing that. Yeah, it'll bring more sponsors. It'll bring more diversity to the sport. You're getting just like getting different people involved with it, right? And, right. And, and, and speaking about diversity in that tone, where different types of fans, people that might just watch F one, people that haven't watched motorsports and are just getting kind of tired of uh, of watching, you know, different, you know, like the different avenues of professional sports, yeah. especially in the summertime, like baseball can really wear you down yeah. baseball all the time. <laughs> and it's fun to get into, right? And I, I came into, you know, watching all this stuff a little bit later in life and I didn't grow up with it as a kid and I love it. So right. I think it's, it's, it only is good things. It's not, it's, it's a lot of green flags, no red flags to it. Yeah, I think so too. I, the only thing I just thought about that would be interesting or that will be interesting to watch is Obviously, right now, Chip Ganassi has two cars, Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. Yep. Well, Trackhouse is only going to add one more car to what they already have. So who gets left out? Do you go with the young guy and Ross, or do you go with the vet and Kurt? And then where do they go? Where does the right. other person right. go from there? Colleg Racing did buy Spire Motorsports Charter, so they're going to get in the game next year. But they got their own uh, driving school, if you will, their own Xfinity guys and you know some cup regulars that are already with that team. So... I'll be interested to see, you know, is it going to be one of those situations where, sorry, Ross, you're the most, you know, fresh face to the to the company, so you're the first one out. Yeah. And and Kurt's going to go, going to stay with us, essentially. He's just going to stay on with Ganassi slash Trackhouse. Um, so Silly Season is in full effect in the NASCAR world, and does we look this, forward to... Does this mean we're going to see Scott Dixon in a NASCAR? I don't think so. Maybe he'll switch teams on him. <laughs> oh my God, no! I don't. I yeah, I don't see that happening. Uh, I think he'll win another championship and retire, if nothing else, from IndyCar. Uh, so coming up this weekend, the Cup Series is at Road America for the first time ever. We were just there a couple weekends with IndyCar. There will be practice on Saturday and qualifying on Sunday morning, so they're not going to just go out there and throw them out and say good luck. Uh, but I did look up, man. I, I went really deep today in the notes. Eight drivers on the entry list for this weekend do have experience here. Of course, they're all former Xfinity drivers. 24 combined starts and two victories of those eight drivers. So the large majority of the field will be going after it uh, for the first time ever in a competitive way in those cup cars on Sunday at 2.30 p.m. on NBC. All right, that's it for Mostly Ovals. Let's hit to the straight lines as fast as you can go, as quickly as possible. It's dialed in. The drivers are ready, the fans are packing the stands, and it's time to race. Let's take a quick ride with the NHRA boys and girls of the professional series. This past weekend, they were in Norwalk, Ohio, and it was Steve Torrance winning again in top fuel, extending his points lead. Cruz Pedragon in funny car, and Erica Enders with pro stock victory, and Matt Smith in pro stock motorcycles. So a lot of the same names, except for Cruz. It's his first win in three years with a uh, having a whole new crew this year. He said it would take a half a dozen races for them to get it right. 
This was race number six, so right on the money. Uh, Cruz had it, had it figured out. Greg Anderson in Pro Stocks is still one win away from tying the Pro Stock win record at 97 after losing to Erica Enders in the final on a whole shot win. Erica had a 005 reaction time. That's five one thousandths of a second close to a perfect reaction time, and that helped her get the victory. All right, let's head on to high side, low side. we got some good ones here to talk about today. Clear low, clear high, hold slow. Check up, check up, check up. Go low, 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 low. Just keep it off the wall. Every week, Brad and I discuss our highlights and lowlights from the previous weekend. Get your popcorn ready. Racing. This is, this is what I've been waiting for Joe to talk about all episode. <laughs> so we talked about it last week in the On a Trailer segment, give a little bit of a teaser. Now I can fully talk about my experience behind the wheel of a NASCAR stock car, uh, specifically Brad Kozlowski's Ford Fusion, number two, MGD, Miller Genuine Draft Car. I was so proud. I was yes. so proud when I saw the picture. And I was cool with it. There was he's no puts, part of me. put some on our social media if you hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Yep. There's stuff out there already of my Great trip video around. video that he put together as well. Well, you know, sometimes I'm good at things. Uh, I, if I may interject, the video of you the morning of is so pure, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it is just the pure. It, it is Joe the morning of getting to drive drive a, uh, what, what do we call these cars? What would you, like a... NASCAR race car. A NASCAR race car. Yeah. What it be, I don't want to say Cup Series or whatever you call it. But well, it, it is, is, yeah. Stock, mean, Cup Series, stock car. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and Joe's getting ready, and he's just, uh, the unbridled happiness <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> I, the, I, the emotions were so all over the place. I'll tell you the first thing, the first, first really cool thing was driving through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. You get to, you know, go around the outside of the track, drive through the tunnel, and be and just hear it like people are already out on the track and you just hear the cars you drive around the tunnel you get to the media center which is someplace i'd hope to be someday so on a, in a working capacity you're walking through the media center you're just standing there in line <laughs> and uh i post i think i posted on snapchat like this is my first amusement park ride that i've stayed at like essentially like the first line i've stood in since post pandemic for a ride um but i'm standing there i'm standing there we're halfway through the line and you know, I'm look, and my mom's like, "Well, what, how you feel?" She, I said, "I have the nervous poops. <laughs> like my stomach. <laughs> I I was so nervous. I like I'm gonna have to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want to leave my spot. So I was just I got over that. But in the moment, I was like, oh, I'm so my. nervous oh, thinking about it goodness. that yeah. I think I need to go to the bathroom. Uh, I did not. Okay. But nevertheless, went through the line, did all that stuff, got my fire suit on. That was pretty cool, like going through the process of, of putting that on. Watched the tutorial, the video, the training video and everything. And just the, the constant like up and down emotions because they were behind that day because it rained in the morning, so they had to dry the track. So even though I was at 12 o'clock, I didn't really get a chance to get close to the car until 1.30. So, you know, you're standing there getting your picture taken. All right, now here we go. Uh, we got to wait for a helmet fitting. We'll call your name when we're ready for you. They call your name. You go up there. Here I go. And I'm standing there waiting again. And then I finally get the helmet on, and I stand there and wait again. And then someone gets stopped on the track. They stop themselves on the backstretch in the middle of the track. So everyone has to get out, and they have to go save this person who's having a moment, I guess. Were they scared? I don't know. I never saw the person. I don't know. But when I was driving around, you can see it on the video, too. There's a car on the apron on the backstretch, and that person just stopped. So... So uh, so I go out to sit in the car, and I, it was another 10 minutes before they even turn the car on because they have to, like, start to stagger people. So what? I'm sweating to death Ugh. in this 
fire suit in the open face helmet. Dude, but now, and now you know how Will Power felt. <laughs> somewhat, somewhat, yeah. Uh, so anyway, finally get it started. Figure out the gears, put it in first, and go around the track. And every lap, they give you another 200 or so RPMs that you're allowed to reach up to. So the first two or three laps were pretty slow. And I was like, I do this on the interstate. Come on, y'all. But those last two laps were exhilarating because you're doing 5,000 RPMs. You're able to – you have to ride the bottom line around the corners. They don't want you to go up in the middle or have a chance to slide and hit the wall, which I understand. So you can't quite push the way you want to out of the turn. Uh-huh. But – um, clocked top speed 143. Uh, on, probably on, I would say it was on the front stretch on my last lap. I was I had it dogged out and I was my foot was to the floor. Wow. Um, just that that engine sound and like being out there yeah, on the track. Right? Yeah, being out there on the track that I've raced in a simulator before, but wow. actually doing it yeah. was was so amazing. And you spotter in your ear, like the whole experience is exactly what you would want because it's as close as you're going to get. How, how be- different was it from the simulator to being in the car? I mean, did, Honestly, you, did you find that it prepared you pretty well for, for it? For me, I did because of the track itself. I, there was nothing about the track that I was uh, questioning or confused about or I didn't feel like I was ignorant about. I knew the track. I knew where the right line was. I knew all, like, how it would feel. Right, right, right. Um, it was more about the car, right? Like an actual, I'm driving an actual car. So right. I got to be more, you know, diligent with my focus. But the coolest thing, I told you guys this, the coolest thing for me was the bumps. Like, they talk about iRacing scanning every track so it's as close to the real thing as possible. And they're not lying. I mean, going into the – diving into the corner from middle middle of the backstretch to the low side around the turn, that bump on iRacing is the same bump that I felt in an actual car. It's that's, it's amazing. So, that's so cool. Hats off to iRacing, man. I mean, if you want to know – if you can't get an experience like this or you're not in line to ever drive a real car – iRacing is is actually legitimately the closest thing you can you can do and actually know where everything is. And so I really felt I didn't feel as I thought that I would have a little bit of nervousness, right? A little bit right. of anxiousness about it. And once I got on the track, like I've been here. This is no problem. Another day so, in the office. Yeah. So that that was a phenomenal experience. A big thank you to my sister for uh, purchasing that for Christmas last year. Mom came with me and took some photos and videos to help uh, capture the moment. So uh, highly recommend it for anybody, either as a gift or do it yourself. At minimum, do the ride along because those pro drivers are doing 185 and they're flying around the track. Wow. So you can really get a sense of what it's like to be in the car. You're not in control, which I would – hate but you'd you, still yeah. you would still in, enjoy it nonetheless so definitely go check out those videos nascar racing experience yeah i put it on our um one lap down as well so one lap down pod on twitter uh you can check that out or anything that i uh that are, is my account you can find it as well so there's my high side uh how about you brad <laughs> yeah well i mean trying to keep it racing specific but i do want to go back to how great last weekend was yes uh, j mac and his wife uh, jason on here j mac we call him and his wife becca were in town uh they were there for the engagement as you were on Friday, and then we had a great time on Saturday, um, just doing some stuff around town and go out and float in the river. And, uh, and then you got back, and we all did. We watched F1 together, and it was a good reminder of like finally how, how I know that right. <laughs> but it was a good reminder of like how how cool it is what the last year has been with getting into motorsports mm-hmm. and, and watching all this racing and what the podcast has become and the great friends that we've 
developed through this. And so just thankful for that. I think it was a good reminder of it and just a really, really great weekend, great time. And now I'm excited this weekend going to Texas and visiting with my family out there. And we're excited to watch an F1 race together That's on right. Sunday. Yeah. And then we're going to watch IndyCar together. And then we're going to watch Road America with the NASCAR, the Cup yeah. Series. Like it's going to be, um, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to pull a TV outside so I can float in the pool and watch those. We'll, we'll do brunch and watch uh, F1, but the rest of it, I'm going to see if I can get a, uh, a swim pool tv set up that'd be pretty cool yeah that'd be awesome you gotta share that that'd i will be, i will, so I will cool. put a picture up that's on, the way uh, to do on, it on one lap down media hell yeah all right let's uh talk about some low lights some low sides uh here and mine is i'm just a ford guy right like i i, te- I texted you all like here's a guy wearing a mark martin classic t-shirt hopping into I, I drive a ford fusion every day i hopped into a ford fusion you know number two car like i'm i'm a blue oval boy but where the hell are they in NASCAR? <laughs> Running out of fuel. I mean, this is insane. So just four wins this year. The last one was Brad Kay's win April 25th in at Talladega. So it's been two months since a Ford has been in victory lane. You might as well write off Stuart Haas as being able to, to get the shit done. So the high, the, check this out, too. Since Brad's win, highest average finish is 4.4 in terms of wow. the, the highest Ford in the field. Wow. Their average finish is 4. Fourth place. The highest finish for Toyota is 4.1, which makes sense. They have less cars, so there's that. But recently, (laughs) they've been – yeah, and then Chevrolet is 1.6. 1.6? Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're basically finishing first uh, on average every single race with thanks to Hendrick. But something's got to change here. I mean – I can't be. I can't continue to just get excited for sixth place finishes from Ryan Blaney and be like, "That's good enough. Like it's okay." Because when it comes down to playoffs, it's not going to matter. You're going to be out first round. Boom. Ball. See you later. You're going to have to start some get some momentum here if you're a Penske or Roush Fenway or 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 uh, Stuart Haas. I mean, really, if you're a Ford person, you're hanging your hat on Penske at this point with those three drivers. But man, I don't know where it's going to turn around at. None of them are great road course drivers, so I don't think it's going to be this weekend. But some, come on, y'all, get it together. This is this, and from my perspective, it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I had not even thought about that. You know, just kind of following along with the results and seeing those things. And you know, strange, strange to think about that. Um, I think my, you know, kind of looking at F one, I think is where my my low side's going to fall this week and. I just, I don't know. There's something about, like, just looking at how, like, such small things can derail an F1 race the way that it won't a NASCAR race, right? We talked, we oh, just yeah. talked about how Kyle Busch <laughs> finishes in fourth gear, pushing him out there and all of that stuff. And, I mean, you look at, like, a Pierre qualified well. I thought he was going to have a great race and then just gets clipped a little bit and then just ruins that whole back end mm-hmm. and they and they got to they've got to retire the car right George has something with a like a an air compressor right and they like I think these things are so hyper engineered mm-hmm. that it is a reminder that you know no matter how hard they try and we talked about how they red flagged at Baku to, for more of a of a spectacle it's it's like uh, I think it's, there's just so much stuff that hinges on kind of being lucky and getting through, which is why I say, like, knock on wood, that Lando's been able to finish in the top ten. Because, right. I mean, all, all it takes is somebody to slide weird on that first lap, especially going around those first couple turns on the Red Bull ring or something like that. And it's just it's just a bummer, especially when you see how beat up George Russell was like, yeah. after retiring the car. And, and even, uh, you know, Charles Leclerc, you know, just has a little bit of bad luck on that first lap. 
You know, because I think when you go back to it, I mean, I think he and Pierre, I mean, that's just so minor. You oh, know, yeah. They just, I mean, that's racing, right? Yep, that's that's it, racing. I don't yep. think that's anybody's, like, big fault. But, you know, Pierre ends up out of the race. And Leclerc ends up having to go to the back, you know, getting his front wing repaired, right? And then, mm-hmm. or replaced, right? They put a whole new I think they put a new one on, yeah. Yeah. And then he's got to have, and he said himself, probably one of his best performances I to think get that's seventh. that's why, yeah. To get seventh. Because you, you, what he did is normal every weekend in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, you had a problem in the first couple laps. You got... 400 laps to figure it out like you'll be fine but for what he did that was a that was a huge accomplishment because of how hard it is to deal with any type of setback and that that is so true but they they know what i mean that's why it's so important for max to qualify on pole that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important to get away because you know when you're running there in the middle of the field like there's just so much crazy stuff that can happen yeah that's a really good point it is it is what makes it what it is but also makes it kind of sad it's like man if you just had a little bit yeah. more time or a more durable car that can take a little bit of a hit, mm-hmm. then you still have a chance, George or whoever else right. you know that that has that sits back there. So right, right. I mean, or, or look at the example. You know, on, on Saturday, you know, Kyle Larson's tire blows out and he still gets ninth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, look at look at Baku. <laughs> Max Verstappen's tire blows out and it's you know five hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to his car. Yeah. Yeah. And Larson yeah. starts in the back because he had to get a backup car on Sunday and, and he ends up. Finishing in the second. second. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, I mean, some of that is the amount of laps. Yeah, for and sure, I'm fine with it. But, I, you know, I think if it's a low side, sub- subjective, emotional thing, it's a bummer. That's what it it's is. A, yeah. It's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's what right. it is. But it's a bummer that, uh, you know, your day can be done so quickly for something that's so much out of your, so out of your control. Well, speaking of bummers, lap 29 is about – done uh, here on the show but hey, uh, we, we got some good stuff coming up this weekend. we do we do we we, we put happy the car on the trailer because we're going somewhere else happy early fourth of july to everybody yes happy early fourth of july wherever you are enjoy the freedom uh the fireworks and all the fun that comes with that yep. and don't forget about indycar being back this sunday at 12 noon on nbc they'll be at mid-ohio cool fact that i found because i'm still trying to do fact stuff here uh it's a father-son type of track one of the few tracks where uh, fathers and sons have won together. Mario and Michael Andretti have won there, and so has Bobby and Graham Rahal. That's pretty cool. As well. So that's really cool. That's a pretty cool fact about you Mid Ohio. Should a be full day of racing out there. Yes, yes. To, uh, and on NBC as well. So you got that at noon. You've got NASCAR at two thirty. Don't forget about the tour. We hadn't talked about the, the tour. The Tour de France is currently just carnage and chaos yeah. <laughs> every single day. That, that's my that's my on the trailer thought of the week. You know, all this great stuff happened. Yeah, but. We're watching the Tour de France. It's just, and it's it's cool. It's awesome. I'm getting into it. Our friend Jason, our IndyCar expert, loves it. He's a great expert on this as well. And it is more dangerous to ride in a bicycle race <laughs> than it is to drive 200 miles an hour in an F1 car. It is. It is insane There's what those guys nothing, are doing. There's nothing between you and the road except for a thin paper, you know, you spandex know, that three you millimeters worth of yeah. uh, very very going uh, 60 miles terrible material oh it's in, it's it's insane um more power to them for yeah. that well we invite you to uh, chat with us all week long anytime you want on twitter at one lap down pod we're also on facebook at one lap down podcast and youtube i promise one day we're going to get some more stuff up there uh, one lap down podcast there as well. So looking forward to a big weekend of racing and also a lot of recapping to get into next week on the show. Until then, I'm Joe Hutzler. I'm Brad Dunn. And we'll talk to you later. See you.